Hello friends, welcome back to Word of Victory. I hope this finds you well today. God bless you. Lord, we just thank you today for your word, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, you said you give us a word in season for them who are weary. And Lord, I thank you that as we are uh, navigating our way through this journey of life and and especially at the moment through this coronavirus. Father, I thank you that you will reveal to us your heart, Father. I thank you, Father. Your word says that your word is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. And your word says that the entrance of your word brings light and gives even understanding to the simple. I praise you, Father, that today, Lord, that you open our spiritual ears to let us hear what you are saying to us, Lord, that you would open our spiritual eyes to let us see what you are doing, Father, in the name of Jesus. I praise you. Holy Spirit, we submit to you today. We love you, Lord. We welcome your presence today. We ask you, Lord, let your glory fill this house. Let your glory fill our homes. Let your glory fill our hearts, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to take our eyes off of what's going on in the world and to put our eyes on Jesus. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews that we are to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, friend. Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Let nobody else take his place so that hour by hour You may know his power Till at last you have run the great race I say to you today, friend, to run your race in faith, with joy in your heart. Don't let the circumstances that are going on around you in the world, don't let the negativity penetrate into your heart to rob you of your joy today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you and we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We offer you the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving today because you are worthy, Lord. You are worthy of it all. You're worthy of riches and glory and power and wisdom and strength. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. You are the Lamb of God who took away all our sins. You are the Son of God and you are risen from the dead. You are alive. Hallelujah. We praise you today, Lord. I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to read a scripture today to you. And I encourage you, friend, actually, to, you know, worship the Lord yourself. Sing your songs. Turn on worship music if you don't know any songs. You know, go to uh, YouTube and 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 look up some songs uh, that, that will encourage you and, and build you up and, and uh, as you lift your hands to Jesus and worship him. Hallelujah. Uh, all hail King Jesus. Praise God. All hail King Jesus. All hail Emmanuel. King of kings, Lord of lords, bright morning star. 
And throughout eternity, I'm going to praise Him. And forevermore, I will reign with Him. Amen. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you. We lift up our hands today. We refuse to receive the fear of the world. We we refuse to receive the predictions of doom, Father God. We come against those declarations of destruction about coronavirus and about what it's going to do and, 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 you know, how many thousands and thousands of people it's taking out. We plead the blood of Jesus against those predictions and we refuse to allow it come near our homes because we are covered with the precious blood of Jesus. We are living under the covering of the blood of the Son of God. Hallelujah who gave himself for us. Praise God. We thank you, Jesus. You know, this scripture that I'm looking at today is in um, the book of Nahum. 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 It's one of the minor prophets, and it's right after the book of Micah, or Micah, and before the book of Habakkuk. And Nahum, chapter 1. Today, it's been kind of cloudy here in Ireland, and the clouds have been thick and and yet they've been moving you know and and changing uh rapidly the sun is trying to penetrate through them but they're 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 just sticking there and i was just feeling today you know uh, about clouds and so many places in the bible where where the lord um came down in his presence in the cloud he uh in the wilderness he protected his people and sustained their life Uh, from the heat of the day in that desert with the cloud. His presence was a pillar of cloud. In the cloud, uh, it was from the cloud that God covered Moses and he spoke to him from the cloud, from his glory. Um, The clouds of his presence, it's, it's the physical manifestation of the presence of God, I believe. And, you know, clouds, they they cover, clouds obscure, and yet... In this word here in Nahum, it tells us that the clouds are the dust of God's feet. (laughs) Let's have a look at it in Nahum chapter 1. I hope you're there with me now, friend. Chapter 1, verse 3. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. You know, there's a storm going on, and I know that, friend, and I know that it's it's bringing a spirit of oppression and heaviness, especially to believers, because many people are confused and, and are wondering, you know, what is going on? But I believe that we are to trust God and to rest in his promises and to watch and see what he's going to do. God always delivered his people, and he is not going to change now. His hand of blessing has been upon you, friend, and he's not going to remove it now. You have to, to, you know, make a decision of your will that you are going to honor him, give him the, the sacrifice of praise and glory, that you are going to obey his word and that you are going to stand because maybe the only thing that you can do is stand. And today as I've been looking at the mountains and the clouds on them and, and, and as the clouds pass the mountains, you know, I've just remembered when people go hill walking and mountain climbing and all that and, and if they run into trouble 
and the 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 clouds come and 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 cover where they are and where they're going their path and and they you know many times people have to be rescued from these mountains because uh, this, the the weather can change so rapidly up there and i've often heard it as advice that if somebody is in a place where they're in danger and and they're in thick cloud that what they are to do is to stay right there they're not to move from that place because if they take a step they could slip or they could you know go over the side of a cliff there's danger and clouds do that you know they obscure um or 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 conceal dangers hazards they conceal jeopardy and yet they also conceal good things <laughs> the clouds uh, very often in ireland we have you know cloud and rain and and we can't see the sun and then when someone goes on holiday <laughs> they go up in a plane and they rise above the clouds and there the sun is all the time shining and they say my god we don't see enough of that sun in ireland but you know the clouds they they conceal the good as well as the bad and um like i said you know that right now in this time of uncertainty i believe that we are to stand we are to stand on god's word we are to to position ourselves into a place of rock solid uh you know if you can imagine yourself if you're about to to uh lift something you know you need to settle your your legs on the ground so that your your whole body is is secure and stable before you go to to lift that heavy thing so that you don't get knocked over and in that same way that's what we do on the word of god we stand on his word on his promises and we no matter what the circumstances uh, no matter how dark it is listen you have the light of god's love living inside of you you have the light of his word to guide you and lead you that's why that scripture in psalm 119 says your word is a lamp to my um a light to my feet and a lamp to my path sorry i think i've said that backwards now but you know what i mean and and sometimes it may only be that you have light for the very next step and sometimes it may be that you need to stay for a while and just rest and trust in god and that's what i encourage you today friend trust in god he is not worried about this he is on the throne you know he's not above in heaven saying oh my gosh i never thought saw this coming what will i do now let's go back to the scripture we're in nahum still in chapter 1 the lord so we said there he has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet he rebukes the sea and makes it dry and dries up all the rivers here he's talking about when he led his people um out of captivity he dried up the sea for them and they walked across on dry ground he re- he uh, dries up all the rivers bashan and carmel wither and the flower of lebanon wilts the mountains quake before him the hills melt and the earth heaves at his presence yes the world and all who dwell in it and we're seeing that right now people are are melting they're quaking they are 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 absolutely uh you know under so much pressure because of of this virus did you ever think you know two months ago three months ago did you ever think that the whole world would be brought to a standstill in 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 one few hours look at all the things that have happened but you know instead of looking at all the negative things friend and instead of looking at things through the eyes of fear and and terror and dread look at them through the eyes of thanksgiving 
Lord, I thank you and I praise you for where you have me. I thank you, Lord, that I am under the shadow of your wings. I thank you, Father. You said you are my refuge and my fortress, that I can take cover uh, in your presence. You will protect me and sustain me there. Hallelujah. Talking about clouds, you know, in um, Matthew chapter 24. Can we go there, please? You need your Bible for this, friend. It's a Bible study. It's not... Um, you know, I don't believe this is uh, sermons. You know, I, I think that church, how we've done it, has to change. And, and people need to get out their Bible for themselves. They need to stand in the Word of God for themselves. I remember Kenneth Hagan, um, Kenneth E. Hagan Sr., years ago, hearing his teaching. And it, it, I've often been reminded of it. And um, he had a son who was also called Kenneth. And when he was about 15 years old, or 16, I think, I'm not sure of the exact age, Kenneth Jr. got very sick. And Kenneth Sr. and his wife were praying for him, and they had various people pray for him, and nothing was changing. He, he was still sick. And Kenneth Hagen Sr. had seen mighty, mighty miracles of healings in all his uh, years of ministry. And he went before the Lord about it one day and he asked him, Father, will you tell me what, what is going on with Kenneth Jr.? Why, have, why has he not been healed? And the Lord spoke to him and he said, Kenneth Jr. is old enough now to pray for himself. So his dad went and found him and he said, the Lord just gave me a word for you. You're old enough to pray for yourself, now pray. <laughs> so he led him in a prayer and, and, and Kenneth Jr. prayed and, and sought the Lord about this sickness or whatever it was he was going through and he was instantly healed. And you see, friend, there is a time for growing up in the Word of God. Um, Paul in Hebrews talks about, you know, uh, those of you who are still drinking bottles of milk, you know, drinking milk is, is like the very, the very entrance of, of, of a baby Christian, um, of their entrance to their faith. You know, where they, where they get little sips of, of, of uh, food from God's table. But for the older, as, as they get older, they need to learn how to chew and they need to get some meat. And he says, you know, you need to discard those bottles of milk and you need to start eating some meat. And what that means is, is that you need to get into the word of God for yourself and ask the Lord to show you his word. And will it take time? Yes, it will. It will take time. But that's what we need to give God is our time. That's all we have to give him. We have nothing else to give him. Only our time, our praise and thanksgiving. Because the more you get into his word, you know, the more... Uh, the closer you, you, you are drawn to God through his word and you can't help but lift up your hands and say, oh my God, how great thou art. Praise God. Thank you, Father. It just comes out of your mouth because of the goodness of God. Praise God. So I encourage you to get into his word. Okay, so we're going to Matthew chapter 24. Hallelujah. We thank you today, Father. Praise God. 24 and... Verse 30, talking about clouds still here. This was Jesus and he was having a conversation with his disciples and they asked him, you know, when are all these things, you know, about the end of the age? When are they going to happen? And he was explaining to them, and you can read it for yourself there, 
Um, but in, in verse, let's go from 29, the coming of the Son of Man. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. Praise God. So you see, Jesus is coming back on the clouds. And uh, I really felt the Lord ministering with that, that word to me today. You know, that we are not to be held captive or oppressed by fear or by dread, but we are to look up and see God's salvation is here. He has sent his son Jesus. He has given us everything we need to sustain us through this life. You may think that you need your breakfast, your lunch and your dinner to sustain you. But Jesus was asked this question and he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And every day we need our daily bread. We need the word of God. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who eats of me will, will have eternal life and will never perish. So the more we study his word and the more we get into to understanding his word, and we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who reveals the Word of God to us. And as we do that, we grow. We grow stronger and stronger. And you can, I encourage you, sit up straight. You can feel yourself, you know, getting stronger from inside. And though circumstances in the outside might not be perfect, in fact, they might be quite scary. But listen, you have got God's promises inside of you. And you hold fast to them. And like that guy or that person who's caught up on the mountains in the midst of a storm and, and, and cloud all around, they, they can't see their next step to take. You just ground yourself and stand on his word and wait until those clouds pass and until that storm passes because you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Praise God. God is not a man that he should lie. He will never leave you down. And he, everything, every word that he spoke in, in the Bible, every word has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled before our eyes. In fact, Jesus goes on there in verse 32 now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things come to pass. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Jesus was telling people there, you know, where he speaks about the fig tree. He's speaking about Israel. And Israel is the, uh, the um, I suppose, it's, it's what God uses to symbolize the fact that his word is true. Because every prophecy about the land of Israel has come to pass. You know, it was a, a nation, it says, can a nation be formed in one day? Israel came and, and was put into, was, was, was uh, restarted as a nation in one day. We, he said, I will bring your sons and daughters to the, the people of, of Israel. He said, I will bring them from all over the world, from the north, the south, the east and the west, and they will be brought back to their own land and they will dwell there safely. You know, every word that God has promised Israel has come to pass. 
Praise God. And what he's saying there is, you know, when you see the fig tree blooming, you know summer is near. And, and you know, we know, friends, the times we're in. We're in the end times before Jesus is coming back. And he is coming back. And he will come back on the clouds this time. Last time he came, he came as a, as a little baby, um, you know, a humble baby. And that's why they, they rejected him. But when he comes the next time, it's for judgment. He didn't, his first coming was not for judgment. It was for salvation and for mercy. But his next time, he's coming the second time, and it's for judgment. And like we said yesterday, you know, woe. Praise God. Let's flick over uh, to Matthew chapter 26. And it's verse 64. This was when Jesus was being um, being tried by the Sandrian, the the high priest and, and all those um, scribes and Pharisees. And he was brought before them. And um, let's see here. Let's read it from um, 59. Now the chief priests, the elders and all the council sought false false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said to him, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, It is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you hereafter, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand in power. He's sitting at the right hand of God in power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look now, you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? They answered and said, He is deserving of death. Then they spat in his face and beat him. And others struck him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy to us, Christ, who is the one who struck you? Imagine that. Praise God, what Jesus went through. And he said, You will see me coming on the clouds. It is as you said. It says he, didn't, he kept silent while they, while they accused him. Um, let's have a look back there at um, Isaiah 53. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 53. So as we're reading this word, you read it. You read along with us. You know we've read this, I think, the other day as well, but I think it's important for us to read it again. Um, in verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced or wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, 
and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, he opened not his mouth. We just read that, didn't we, back in Matthew? He did not open his mouth. He was silent before them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Son of Man will be seen coming in the clouds of heaven with power and with great glory. I'm just thinking, you know, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples about the end times, he said to them, just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be when the Son of Man comes back on the clouds. And right now we can look and we can see that for the last I don't know how many years we have seen that it is just like as in, in the days of Noah. Praise God. Let's have a look at that, actually. It's in um, Luke 70, or I think it's Matthew. Praise God. Matthew. I think it might have been that script, that chapter we were in. It is, actually. Back to Matthew chapter 24. I should have kept reading. <laughs> then I wouldn't have confused myself. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. You know, Noah and his sons were building that ark. They built it, you can go back and look at it yourself and read it in, in the book of Genesis. They built it to very detailed and specific instructions that were given to them by God, down to the millimeter. They, they spent, it's Bible historians tell us from, from the... Um, the way they study the Bible, that it took almost a hundred years for Noah and his sons to build that ark. So for a hundred years they were taunted and mocked and laughed at by the people who were, as Jesus put it, drinking, partying, marrying, enjoying life, you know, as if they hadn't a care in the world without God. Because God looked and saw the depravity that was going on. And it's a depravity that's very similar to the depravity today. And Noah and his family were preparing the ark to be their refuge. And I tell you, friend, you know, Jesus is our ark today. And that's why God, in so many places, he says, I am your refuge. I am your fortress. I am the safe place for you. Come in under the shadow of my wings. Come in and shelter in me, in my presence there is fullness of joy. You know, his plan of salvation, that word salvation, um, it means healing, it means deliverance, it means the gift and promise of eternal life. It means protection, preservation and provision. It's all encapsulated in that word salvation, which actually means Yeshua, Jesus. He is... Um, the one, G, the one God sent was his own son to be Messiah, to be Savior, to be our salvation. Hallelujah. And you know, Noah and his family stocked up that ark as God had told them. God brought the animals to them. 
and they went in to the ark with Noah and his sons and his family, eight of them, eight people. And then God shut the door of the ark and then destruction came. And I'm not saying that to strike fear into people's hearts, but the fear of God needs to be recalibrated and reset on this earth. And I believe that it is so at this time. We are, yes, hidden away and locked in and, 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 and sheltering or cocooning or whatever the word they're putting on it. But I believe that we are in God's perfect will. Because as we read in Nahum, his way is in the whirlwind and the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Praise God. Clouds blow in and clouds blow away and suddenly everything can change. Even as I'm talking to you here, the clouds have blown away again. The sun has come out, there's blue sky and everything is different now. Things are, are a perspective is totally different. Praise God. And it's no different in your life. We are not to focus on death. We're not to focus on fear. We're not to focus on bad news or destruction. That's focusing on what the devil is doing. We are to focus on Jesus. And he is the firstborn from the dead. We are to focus on him and him alive. Hallelujah. I was thinking of that song, you know, Joni Mitchell um, wrote in the, I don't know, was it the 60s or the 70s, both sides now. And she says, I've looked at clouds from both sides now. That's what we, we need to do, I believe. Look at clouds from both sides. There's good in the cloud. <laughs> in Psalm 50, can we go there, please? Psalm 50. I'm going to read it from the NLT, the New Living Ten Testament. The Lord, the Mighty One, is God, and He has spoken. He has summoned all humanity from where the sun rises to where it sets. From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines in glorious radiance. Our God approaches and he is not silent. Fire devours everything in his way and a great storm rages around him. He calls on the heavens above and the earth below to witness the judgment of his people. Bring my faithful people to me those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Then let the heavens proclaim his justice, for God himself will be the judge. O oh, my people, listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you, O Israel. I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer, but I do not need the, bull, the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. For the animals... All the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains, and all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God, and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then... Call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. Praise God. Can we just, you can keep a marker on Psalm 50 and just run over there to Psalm 116. So again, we read there in Psalm 50, you know, that the, the sacrifice God wants is a sacrifice of thanksgiving, of, of spending time with him and of, of 
just proclaiming his glory and his goodness. And again, he is in, he is in the storm. In Psalm 116, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy, because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of a childlike or simple faith. I was facing death and he saved me. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, and so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. Hallelujah. Isn't that just wonderful? You know, he's saying there, let my soul be at rest again. Our soul is our mind, our emotions, our will. And so it is, it is affected by things that go on around us. And our soul can be revived by God's word. It says in Psalm 23, he restores my soul. He leads me by the, the still waters and, re, and restores my soul. So there is a, a rest and a restoration that is available to us. But what we need to do to get it is to run in to that refuge, that fortress, run into our ark, come in to God's presence. And there, you know, he saved me from death, my eyes from tears. He will wipe away every tear from your eye, he promises. He will stop your feet from stumbling. Like we said earlier, you know, think of that person on the side of a mountain and, and who's just standing there in the cloud. Uh, everything is dark and, and, and confusing around them. But the clouds will blow away and then they will be able to see. Light will come from, a you know, a, a flash lamp or, or, or the light of their phone and they will be able to see where's the next step that we need to take. That's where we are. God will, will stop your feet from stumbling because he will light your path for you. He will show you the way to go. It says in, in um, Psalm is it 32, he says, I will instruct you with my own eye. I will show you the way to go. That's what he did with Noah and his family. He instructed them what to do so that they would be saved because Noah was a righteous man. His heart was turned to the Lord and God was not going to let destruction come to him. That's what he did for the people of Israel. They were his people. And so he instructed Moses exactly what to do. And as they followed these instructions, and as they ate the meat of the lamb, they were all healed. There was not one feeble among them. And as they put the blood of the lamb over their doorposts, they were preserved and kept safe from the, the spirit of death that was raging in that land that night. The death angel, the, 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 the destroyer, could not cross the threshold of the blood. He could not cross it. Because the blood kept them safe. And it's the same for you, friend. As you walk in the Lord's presence, you will live blessed and, and, and at peace on this earth. In verse 10, let's continue. I believed in you, so I said, I am deeply troubled, Lord. In my anxiety, I cried out to you. These people are all liars. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? 
I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Hallelujah. So you see, God wants you to talk to him. He wants you to bring the burdens, the cares, the sad things, the happy things, the lonely things, uh, you know, everything. He wants you to bring it to him. Like the song says, what a friend we have in Jesus. And oh, what grief we often bear, all because we did not bring everything to God in prayer. Isn't that right? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Hey, look that up, you know. Sorry for my wobbly voice there. Google it. What a friend we have in Jesus. And let someone who's a real singer sing it for you. Hallelujah. Um, in verse 15, the Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. Oh, Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. So, you know, Jesus came to set the captives free. And as we strive to, to enter into God's rest, as we uh, get into his presence, what happens is the things which have chained us and bound us, they fall away. Like we read in, in um, Nahum, the mountains melt like wax in his presence. So whatever the things that are going on in your life, friend, if there are mountains of problems, mountains of fear, mountains of depression, mountains of, of poverty or lack or oppression or persecution, uh, mountains of sin or addictions, you know, as you strive to enter into God's presence, as you cry out to him, as you pour out your heart to him and bring the issues and the problems that you have and lay them at the altar. The altar is the place where you make for God. It is not a table covered with a white cloth, as we said before. The altar is the place where we come to meet with God and where we lay down everything that we have and give it to him, good and bad, and allow him to take away the good and to pour out his love and his mercy on us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, you know, the only place where God tells us in the Bible to strive for anything. Striving is actually quite a negative thing. You know, you see people striving for status in society, striving for, you know, to, to, to climb up uh, on pedestals and, and, and put themselves on a pedestal. But the only thing that God tells us to strive for is to strive to enter his rest. And that's in Hebrews chapter 4. The Israelites in the wilderness, they could do nothing about their situation. All they could do was follow and obey God. And they actually had to rest and let God lead them. Is that what we are in right now, friend, I wonder? I believe it is. I think that we are in a time of, of reset, of being reset and being recalibrated. And firstly, in the church, Simplicity has been restored. We're, we're living very simply, aren't we? <laughs> yes, we are. Families are reconnecting. We're getting to spend time with each other. <laughs> okay, I know it's not always fantastic. 
<laughs> That's why you have to have mercy and love, the love of God. But we are reconnecting with each other. And also, I believe the fear of God is being reintroduced into our lives and into the lives of those who are unbelievers. The fear of God is being introduced. And I think that is a good thing. God said that he will shake everything so that only what is unshakable will remain. Remember he said, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive them and I will heal their land. Repentance and restoration starts with the church, friend. Stop looking out into the world and and, and pointing out and judging and criticizing and fault-finding. They're doing this and they're doing that. Of course they are, but they're unbelievers. They don't know God but the minute they do come into his presence, you know, one, one touch from God changes everything. That's why people's lives can be turned around in an instant and they can be set free. But unfortunately, like we saw the other day with the prodigal son, for many in the church, it doesn't matter how many times God tries to touch them. They still keep on with their, their religious attitude, their bad mindset or their bad attitudes. And, and that is going to change, friend. God's purpose in shaking is to release fruit. Jesus said, by their fruit you will know them. And our fruit is the only thing that will remain. That's in John chapter 15, verse 16. Our fruit is the only thing that will remain. And our fruit is t- that will remain is the fruit of love. The love of God in us the way we treat other people, how we love others, our behavior, our attitudes. He said in John thirteen thirty five, by this all will know that you are my disciples, by your love for one another. Our, our, our attitude and our behavior towards other believers and unbelievers alike. And you know, in the last few years, friend, looking online and, and, and different things like that, I have seen the church, you know, towards each other, being critical, being judgmental, being just absolutely horrible. And I see very little Christ-likeness in it. And I think it's disgusting. And I think that's why Jesus used to hang out with the, the people, the outcasts of society. And I believe it's still the same today. And there are many people who... Uh, so-called Christians considered to be undesirables or outcasts who are far closer to the Lord than the religious think they are. Let's go back to Psalm 50. I hope you still have your finger in that page. In Psalm 50 and verse 16. Let's continue reading there. We've read that, you know, as we give the sacrifice of thankfulness and praise and keep our vows to the Most High, obey Him and His Word, then when we are in trouble, He will rescue us and give us His glory. But, in Psalm 50, verse 16, God says to the wicked, Why bother reciting my decrees and pretending to obey my command, my covenant? For you refuse my discipline and you treat my words like trash. When you see thieves, you approve of them, and you spend your time with adulterers. 
Your mouth is filled with wickedness and your tongue is full of lies. You sit around and slander your brother, your own mother's son. God's talking to his own people here now, okay? Let's remember this. When you did all this, I remained silent and you thought I didn't care. But now I will rebuke you, listing all my charges against you. Repent, all of you who forget me, or I will tear you apart and no one will help you. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honours me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. I will reveal to you Yeshua. Slandering others, gossiping, thieving, adultery, lying, pretense, pretending to obey God, pretending to be so, you know, outwardly immaculate, but inwardly have a heart of blackness towards God. Treating the word of God like trash will bring certain and promised judgment. But a sacrifice of thanksgiving, praising the Lord for his goodness, even in the midst of the clouds, even in the midst of uncertainty, brings salvation. And that word salvation, you know, means joy, healing, deliverance, relationship, security, protection and peace. Complete provision in every area, complete prosperity. You know, God is a holistic God. Many people get carried off in, in New Age theology and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and they're, you know, looking to, to fulfill their spiritual needs uh, from, from the dark side, from the occult. But God is, is, is a holistic God. You're looking for holistic healing. Look to Jesus. He's the one who will heal you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. He's the one who will heal you in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. And the peace that he gives you, you will find nowhere else. You will never be able to buy that peace, friend. And no one else will ever give it to you. That's why many people go from relationship to relationship. They go from drink to drugs to gambling to, you know, prostitutes to whatever trying to earn as much money as they possibly can because they're looking for peace and fulfillment. And they're, you know, like Beyonce said, they're looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> Praise God. It's only in Jesus that you will find peace. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Where you have been heavy laden by, by the, the, the things that the enemy has done to you. Maybe woundings, maybe hurt, maybe rejection, maybe insecurity or inferiority. Where you have been heavy laden by those things. Jesus wants to remove those burdens from you. And he said, come and learn from me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. What he meant by that is he is humble. And he has outstretched his arms to you, waiting for you to come running to him. And he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He will bring light into your situation. And his yoke is not a harness that will weigh you down and will drag you and make you feel unworthy or make you feel like you can never get up to that place of being right with him. Because he gives you, as a free gift, the gift of righteousness. He gives you hope. He gives you joy. He gives you peace. 
He has nothing bad to give you. But for those who reject him, yes, as we just read there, and especially for those in the household of faith, Christians, if you say you are a Christian and yet you slander your brother, you slander people, you talk about them, you gossip them about them, you judge them, you hate them, listen, you're not a Christian. Sorry now, like, but that's the truth. We are to love We are to allow the Spirit of God to operate through us and to shine his love and his light everywhere we go. And those people who have been conniving, those people who have been living in pretense, you know, they're living in Gaga land. Because this is what Jesus said. He said, many will come to me and say, I did this for you. I did that for you. Oh, look at me. Look at all the wonderful things I did for you. Look at the great empire I built for you, God. I believe that is why we're not having church right now. I believe that people need to get reading the word of God for themselves and they need to start praying and they need to start uh, realizing that it's a relationship with God for themselves that they need and not some great preacher who can, you know, uh, give great orations and, 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 and rousing speeches that, that, that tickle, and, 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 um, tickle the emotions and make them tremble. It's one-to-one. Jesus said he leaves the 99 sheep to go after that one. And he is calling out to people. And he is giving them an opportunity to repent and an opportunity to come in to his ark and to be blessed, to have a good life and to not let the devil beat them up any longer. Let hope be the anchor for your soul, friend, today. Let God's word revive your soul. That's in Psalm 119 as well, and I can't remember the verse. Anyway, Google it. Cling to his love. Cling to his promises. Stand still. Stand where you are, even if it's cloudy all around. Just stand there, and God will come and rescue you. The clouds will blow away. And arise and shine, for your light has come. Resurrection day is coming, friend. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we release this word today into your, into your kingdom, Lord. We release this word right across our land today. And we say together, come, come into the ark of Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. We praise you and we thank you today, Lord. We pray, Father, for your hand of protection upon each one listening today. We cover them and their households with the blood of Jesus. We bind up every spirit of retaliation, every attack of the enemy. I break in the name of Jesus. And I praise you and I thank you, Jesus, for your your mercy, your love, your peace, Father God, for each one today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We ask you for wisdom today for our governments all over the world, Father. We bless them. In the name of Jesus, we ask you, Father, to root out every, uh, every snare, every trap the devil has set for them, Father God. We pray for your peace for them. We pray for your instruction for them. We ask you to strengthen them in their bodies. We ask you to strengthen them in their minds and their hearts to, to help them to get through this, Lord. We ask you, Father, to open their hearts to your word, that they will cry out to you, Lord, and that they will be led by your spirit in Jesus' name. We praise you and we thank you today, Father. We praise you for this wonderful day and we bless your name. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. God bless you, friend. Talk to you tomorrow.